Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, this is TFG and Mike, and welcome to the Mayhem. This is Masked Mayhem, episode 14, and with me as always is my Rhino co-pilot, Optimus Solo. Hello. What's happening? Oh, too much, too much. (laughs) (laughs) I know we've talked about off-air in GCR and staff meetings, and I've mentioned it sometimes on-air, but um, how sometimes I stretch myself way too thin. Well, the week that uh, Mass Mayhem goes up will be the same week that we're doing Batman Week. I've started doing my NBC The Voice uh, singing competition blog, uh, and I'm still working on my Law & Order blog, which, thank God, I've already gone through 10 seasons of Criminal Intent. Now I'm on the 12 seasons that's available on Netflix for SVU. Thank God there's only 8 out of the 20 seasons of Law & Order Prime on on Netflix. But yeah, I am like, every which way I... It's like... If I was an octopus, is it octopus? Yeah, octopus have eight arms, right? Yeah, it's yes. not. Yeah, yeah. If I was an octopus, I would need a ninth arm for everything I'm doing this week. <laughs> That's a nice thought that you just put in my head. <laughs> well, at least I didn't mention anything about tentacle porn. True. Very true. <laughs> Only the diehards will get that. A whole other podcast. Uh, what now I... we now we will know which ones are diehard listeners. Anybody who gets that. Joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you can get the tentacle porn reference, you're diehard. Uh, <laughs> if you really want to know the meaning behind that, just uh, I think it's in Beast Unleashed. I know for a fact that it's in the Steve Bloom interview <laughs> because. I think Michael Wilson asked asked him the question that sometimes we ask voice actors. Um, uh, you know, what was there ever a role you turned down because you just didn't want to do it, or was there ever any you know, lines that you just would refuse to say? And Steve starts. Steve Bloom starts telling this story, and uh, like as soon as he says uh, octopus and te- he didn't even get tentacle. He just said tent. I started cracking up. It's a good thing I was on mute because I, I immediately knew he was going to go to tentacle porn. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh, boy. What about you really quickly? What have you been up to this week? You're asking me to use my brain. Um, let's see. Cleaning. Let's see. What has happened this week? 
Well, you know, working 55 hours, um, <laughs> doing a few, try to do a few things here and there for BTVA. We just bumped Mel Blanc's page up to a thousand credits. So he truly is the man of a thousand voices. Now it can be proven. <laughs> um, let's see, my house got TP'd. Um, it's watched, not even Halloween yet. I know. Uh, <laughs> apparently some of my friends were bored. Uh, watched oh, some... Okay, well, at least they're your friends and not just neighborhood <laughs> Jackass yeah. kids. <laughs> Watch some opening week football. Um, or got into the opening of, of football season, I guess. Um, not watching much because I'm a Dolphins fan. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Old Patriots, I, kill the Dolphins. I can't even think besides that, beyond that. Um, oh, I beat, uh, my friend and I went through and beat. Um, Warfare? Nope, Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past again. Oh, sweet. Okay. And we were also playing Dr. Mario and a few other retro games, so that was fun. Cool. Oh, and we watched all three Back to the Futures because he had never seen them, and I would not stand for that. Wow. That's that's nuts that he has never seen those. Holy and God. I went and watched uh, The Words. Oh, sweet. I, I really, I, yeah, there's, I know this is a mass podcast, and we don't normally get into what we've been what we've been doing, but it, I needed to vent. But anyway, no, yeah, S- September has two movies that I really want to see. Uh, the Words, which you just mentioned with uh, Bradley Cooper and Dread 3D. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually hoping my theater offers it in 2D because 3D is evil. I was almost tempted to go see Raiders of the Lost Ark on the IMAX, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So We're doing this because we're just trying to postpone and avoid talking about um Caesar's <laughs> sword here <laughs> um no i need i ne- i haven't really voiced too much as far as what's what's been going on on some of the other shows i've just been kind of getting into them and, and just going um but yeah no and and you know we did catch up last week in episode 13 but we didn't talk too much about it because that's not the format of the show but as as kevin said uh, in this episode of Mass Mayhem, we'll be giving you our thoughts on episode 33, Caesar's Sword, and episode 34, Penelope Pit Stop with a Peril in Paris. No, that's that. that's a piece. Per- Peril in Paris, yeah. Uh, Peter Piper picked a yeah, whatever. Uh, so buckle up and enjoy the ride. It's gonna be bumpy. Yes, it is. Apparently not. We just found out a map was stolen from a private collection. Haunted thinks it's authentic, and we think Venom swiped it. If Mayhem finds the sword, he'll feel he has become invincible. Authentic? Man, that means I have a kid in my history class. I'll have to change from an F to an A. I wouldn't worry too much about history, Hondo. Because if we don't stop Mayhem, Mask won't have a future. Here we go, episode 33, Caesar's Sword. Take it away with the plot. All right, we find ourselves in Rome because we're anti-USA. Um, Bruce and Matt uh, are examining some artifacts that they've been made aware of. A spirit appears at first. It just seems like a regular Roman soldier or something, and it turns out to be Julius Caesar's spirit. Um, and he's threatening the crew that is working there at the uh, dig site. Bruce finds a random hook and I guess thinks that's odd, so they need to an- analyze it. Uh, the computer unveils that there is a Venom connection with the hook, and so the mask team is assembled. Uh, we then find out that Sly was the ghost, or Caesar's spirit, 
in disguise and that they use some ghosts or some uh, bombs to kind of help the illusion, so to speak. Uh, Scott converts T-Bob into a doggy bag. <laughs> Scott and T-Bob Damn were... Damn it, you uh, took one of my highlights. Scott and T-Bob were out uh, eating, and uh, they apparently Scott decided that it was time for an adventure, so he put all the food into T-Bob uh, compartment there, and they go to dig at the site or to explore or try to find some treasure. Uh, the mass transport arrives with the other members of the team that were assembled, and it's revealed that the Sword of Caesar is what Venom is after and that they have a map to it. Uh, T-Bob and Scott fall down a chasm of some kind, and then we go into our cliffhanger commercial break. Um, when we come back, they've basically survived the fall, and they are exploring these um, basically this tunnel, cavern, whatever you want to call it, and T-Bob decides to leave a trail of pepperoni to, uh, <laughs> you know, like the trail of, what was it, breadcrumbs? Bread yeah, so they can make their way back. Unfortunately, those are all eaten by a cat, just one cat at this time. Um, Mask is on the trail of Venom. There's a little showdown that goes on, uh, but Matt has to call off the troops when uh, Vanessa seems, you know, threatens them, and it was kind of a weak moment there, but Matt calls off the troops, Sly finds the sword and decides to keep it for himself instead of return it to Venom and Miles. Um, Scott's giving up on his treasure hunt, but they are lost because of the cat eating all the pepperoni. And they, Scott and T-Bob bump into Sly, um, make some noise. They get caught there until Spaghetti and Cats get involved, which frees Scott and T-Bob from Sly's grasp. Sly, of course, going back way in the retro machine to the first few episodes of Mass, Sly drops the sword. Uh, Matt goes to pick up Scott. They have a little more showdown with Venom. Um, Vanessa gets the sword. Miles takes the swords from her. But then the sword proves to be a dud and has no power. So Miles throws it down and Venom takes off. And Mask is left to pick up the pieces. Um, when Slice dropped the sword, wasn't that because he said, screw it, I'm done? Basically, yeah, he was trying to get himself yeah, away so from the cats. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can chalk that up to the. <laughs> he doesn't accidentally drop it. Right, right. It's not. A, it's not. It, it. It's more so an intentional drop. We did have a four-on-four battle here: the four regular Venom members, and then Matt Bruce, because they were there already, and uh, Gloria and Honda were the ones that came in on the transport. Um, yeah. r- real quick, um, this plot. And there's kind of a lot of different stuff happening. Because you got the Scott and T-Bob angle, you have the Sly angle, you have the rest of Venom doing their thing, and you have Mask getting involved. Um, so coming at, you know, there's a lot of different angles where it's coming from. The only major problems I have, um, the only, did I say that word? <laughs> okay, some of the plot problems I have, it, I don't buy the whole hook thing at the beginning, and that. I don't understand why that was left there, why it was um, something uh, something of interest, mm-hmm. um, why Bruce saw it and was like, oh, what's this, and, and why that played into the whole connection. I, it seemed like it was, like they're like, we need a way to connect Venom to this, so we'll have him pick up this random hook thing, and then they'll be able to trace it back to Venom. It just seemed weak to me. Um, I'll save the other ones for the low beams, because I don't want to give up too much. But I, I have major problems with this plot. 
was there a plot here? I mean, the plot if, is... If, if so, a... I missed it because there's nothing here. The plot is Venom is going to get the sword of Caesar and use it apparently to do something, to gain power and to rule the world. And then the chase is on to find the sword and they find the sword and it's a dud. That's basically the plot. You're a wizard, Miles. Deal with it. In other words, the plot is a dud. <laughs> You know the the whole time when I was watching this episode, I you know I, for those of you new listeners to Maz Mayhem and haven't listened to any of the other GCR podcast Geekcast Radio podcasts, I, I don't hate the Harry Potter franchise. I just choose to ignore it. It's not my thing. Um, but I've never read the books. I've never seen the movies. But I've you know I've seen the trailers and I've seen all the the major scenes and the major lines and which I sort of, franchise. Harry Potter. Oh, okay, gotcha. So I swear to God, the entire episode when anyone was carrying around that sword, you're a wizard, Harry, kept flashing into my brain. <laughs> because Miles thinks, I, I believe this is true, Miles thinks that this is going to give him some godly power or something, and then he can take over the world because he's all mighty and powerful Miles Basically. Mayhem or... Or something. It, the plot itself makes no fucking sense. Yeah, they're after a sword because they think it has power, and then the sword doesn't have power, so they just throw it, and the episode's over. Yeah. Um, it's just weak, weak sauce. Let's see if at least I can find some positive in this. I don't know. We're going to head on over to the... Turn on the beams. Hey, don't feel bad. Some of my best friends are bronze. All right, so I don't know how much positive stuff you're going to have to say, but I've, I've, I've got a couple of them, so I'll, I'll go ahead and, and do mine. Um, when the computer said Bruce was pre-selected, I think that's the first time the computer has said it. I know Matt has said it before, that a team member was pre-selected, but I could I, I swear Not that sure. the first time that the actual female computer voice said it. I thought that was kind of cool. You know, I I have to admit, it only took 33 episodes, but this one I really laughed at all the situations that Scott and T-Bob were in, and it's basically all Scott's fault because he's using T-Bob as a food processor slash garbage disposal. Yeah. Doggy bag. I did love when uh, Matt's Matt's looking uh, on the radar, and he's like, it's not a Venom vehicle, it's a T-Bob. Like, yeah. a, it's a T-Bob? Like, is that the model? Like, it's a T-Bob. Like, it's yeah. a... Is there more than one T-Bob? Is there a... <laughs> it's not T-Bob, it's a T-Bob. Right, that, right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it, 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 is there more than one? Is there, like, a, a pack of T-Bobs, or is there awesome. a, 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 a litter of T-Bobs, or, you know... A herd. Yeah, a herd. Um, uh... <laughs> What was the? I think he either slipped or he slid. T Bob slipped or slid. My note is nice slide there, T bitch. Um, I think this was after Scott dumped the food in him. Um, could have been there, know. or it could have been when he fell, and then on to uh, Scott putting him down the chasm. Oh yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, he just like stands up and then just like falls down. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. What I do like about this episode, what I will say that it is really cool about it, is that uh, Slyrax pretty much 
for, you know, portion of the episode, stands up to Mayhem and says, fuck you, buddy, I ain't doing your bidding anymore. Right. Uh, you know, I, I like that when, because, I mean, Rex, he is the smarter out of him and Dagger. Um, right. But obviously, out of the three, Vanessa is the out of the three henchmen of 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 Mayhem. Vanessa is the smartest. Um, but I mean, all throughout the series, so far to this point in episode thirty-three, Rex has just got he's getting chased by pandas, get chased by plants. He's been up up trees. He's just had the the short end of the stick. Oh God, bad country song reference. Holy crap. Uh, <laughs> Talk about a Faith Hill reference. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I liked that, that he, you know, actually said, no, screw it. I ain't doing this shit or no, I, I'm going to take the power for myself, blah, blah, blah. And the yeah, last one, you. you know, the last one I had for high beams was um, um, <laughs> the garbage disposal uh, PSA. Oh my Ever stick your hand in a garbage disposal? You never know who could turn it on. I swear to God, the one thing that this reminds me of, and I will probably put this uh, this in the episode before we go to the low beams. It reminds me of that damn kids back on the escalator again. There's a scene in Mallrats where Brody is uh, uh, 1995 Kevin Smith film. For those who don't know, uh, the scene in Mallrats character Brody um, constantly notices a kid sitting on the escalator, and he's he has this whole spiel of how you know escalators cause like 85 percent. I forget what the number is like 85 percent of, of of mall related accidents to do with kids. <laughs> Oh jeez! And then later on in the movie, <laughs> there's a whole commotion of, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! The kid's stuck in the escalator." <laughs> <laughs> oh lord! Do you, do you have any positive notes for this? Um, I wrote down two. We touched on one of them. Um, I do like the sly angle, telling Miles to bug off, and uh, trying to keep the sword for himself. I thought that was cool. I can't believe they haven't tried to do that up to this point. You know, you you want at least one person to try to uh, double cross the bad guy, the head bad guy in all your cartoons. So that was good. Um, the other thing I guess I kind of liked was that they did the smoke bomb that uh, Vanessa and Venom used it at the beginning, and then mm-hmm. at the end of the episode, Mask uses basically the same tactic to you know win the day, so to speak. Um, so it was kind of like a smoke bomb coming full circle in this episode, from beginning to end. Um, that's literally the only two good things I could possibly say about this episode. <laughs> I maybe this is an overall thought for me, and I probably should save it to the end, but I'm not going to. Overall, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. Uh, <laughs> I know when we get to the low beams here in a minute, you're gonna have a bunch. I only have one, so let's uh, let's go ahead and turn on the low beams after this. Buckle up, folks. Yeah, it's gonna be a bumpy ride. More than ever. Careful, a little higher. That's it. Hey, look! Careful! Stay back! What is it? Plebeians! The Palatine Hill is my arresting place. How dare you disturb it? Who are you? The most powerful military general of the ages, Julius Caesar. 
And you have angered me. If you refuse to obey me, you shall suffer my wrath. Depart from Palatine Hill and never return. So we got our low beams on, and I know you have more than than I do. Uh, my low beam will actually, if, if I can remember to do it, or if I already grabbed it, I don't remember if I grabbed the image. It's it's going to be an animation error, and it'll be in the post, hopefully, like I said, if I remember to do it right. But um, in the very beginning, the animation on Thunderhawk is just god-awful and very off-model. There is a scene in the very beginning of the episode when, when Matt's driving, and it's one of those, it's kind of like a side-scrolling scene. Remember that, oh God, so many episodes ago, that picture of where it, it was kind of like a mirror image, almost looked like it was the actual car, but at, in the in the upper left-hand corner, there was like a video game version that it looked like. Mm-hmm. This one, I, I swear to God, it's like they they morphed the entire car. It's not the sli- it just it's dirty animation. It's it's so off model. You can barely re- I mean you can recognize it just by seeing the shape of the car, but it just it looks so fucking bad. <laughs> it it just did. It looks, yeah, I noticed that too. It looks so fucking bad. All right, sir. All right, well, my, my first one really isn't that big of a low beam, but did Rhino turn into Optimus Prime in this episode? <laughs> because whatchamacallit came out, and uh, I was like, what's the name of the little car that's in Optimus's trailer? Roller. Yeah, Roller came out of Rhino. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed that. Yeah. That's a blatant ripoff. Um, <laughs> all right, let's start with the real ones. Okay. We've mentioned this before, it's a broken record. But, oh my goodness, was this episode a prime example of awful, 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 terrible, terrible voice work. Um, If you watch this episode, ignore all the main characters and listen to any of the side characters talking. It's awful. Case in point, even though this is kind of one of the main characters, Sly Rax's speech as Caesar's ghost... Yeah. Is painful to listen to. Yeah. Like, terrible. Um, and we put it in here so you just heard it, so you had to sit through it, but it's <laughs> awful. Um, how about when Scott and T-Bob are, are getting something to eat? Um, we might need a picture of this, too. I don't know. That is possibly the most disgusting pizza I've ever seen. <laughs> and they mentioned that it has everything on it. When, in fact, it looks like it has nothing on it. Yeah. It doesn't even look like it has cheese or tomato sauce on it. It doesn't look like a pizza. No. (laughs) How hard is it to animate a fucking pizza? Just put some freaking triangular or circle pepperonis or something, and it's not that hard. Pizza's easy. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated pictures of pizza all the time. Like, it wasn't that much harder just a year or two earlier. <laughs> um, when they're down in the in the caverns or whatever it was. Um, a year or two later. We don't want the fans saying, oh, no, Ninja Turtles came after this. It's a year or two later. Right, that's what I'm saying. I meant a year or two earlier in Mask. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. When they're down in the caves or the whatever and they're lost and, and whatnot uh, and 
T-Bob and Scott are trying to figure out what happened to the pepperoni. They literally, there's a noise. And I can't remember which one asked which one, if it's Scott asking T-Bob or if it's T-Bob asking Scott. But one of them says, unless I completely hear this wrong, did you hear a cat burp? <laughs> no, but it was said. I don't know who said it to whom. What? But it was said. <laughs> did you hear a cat burp? It was said. Do cats have a distinct burp? Is this like, am I missing? I've owned, I've owned cats the better part of my adult life. I know of a cat's meow, and I know of a cat's purr, and I know and of a cat's ball, hiss. Yeah. And throwing up a hairball. Yeah. I have never heard a cat burp. <laughs> Nor do I think it's a distinct sound where if you heard it, you would immediately know that that was a cat that burped instead of a dog, a whatever other type of animal. Yeah, it's it's nothing like uh, it's nothing like that. <laughs> Did you hear a cat burp? <laughs> Who wrote that? <laughs> they need their hands chopped off. <laughs> it was just awful. Um, okay, so Sly has the sword. He was trying to hold on to T-Bob and Scott. He's kind of capturing them. And then they open T-Bob. Spaghetti flies out of T-Bob. And Sly is stopped by Spaghetti. He's stopped by Spaghetti, first of all. This, this is a two-parter here. He's stopped by Spaghetti because Spaghetti and Meatballs are very tricky things to deal with when you're a villain. Um, you know, they get in the way... They're not something you can just, like, bat away, apparently. They, like, stick to you. They tie you up. They make you trip. Whatever. And then, because the spaghetti is on him, now the one cat has turned into about ten cats. Ferocious cats. We're talking about horror movie cats here. Attacking Sly. Oh, God. Because they want the spaghetti? Oh, my God. I... I, I, I don't remember. When, do you remember when um, Stephen King's Sleepwalkers came out? That's basically what I was thinking when I was watching this part of the episode. Some terrible horror movie where I, I saw one once where cat, it was like Attack of the Killer Cats. That was probably not the name of the movie, but that yeah. it might as well have been. Where like cats went crazy and like there was like a million of them in this house and you couldn't go to the house because you could be killed by cats. Like Apparently that's what was going on here. And... That was all triggered because Sly had spaghetti on him, I'm guessing. Yeah. That was just a terrible sequence. There's no other. That may be one of the worst sequences in in, uh, action cartoon I've ever seen. Um, And then to top it all off, my lowest of low beams for this entire episode is the climax of the episode is the sword is a dud. (laughs) This thing that we've been after, we've been chasing it. It was supposed to give us power. It's just an artifact that has no power. Throw it on the floor. Episode over. No, I need more for my cartoon. I'm sorry. (laughs) This episode is terrible. I I know you enjoyed it, and maybe you enjoyed it because it was so terrible so you could laugh at it. I don't know, but... Ah! This was... I can't even explain how awful this episode is. Spaghetti. Spaghetti and cats. Cats burping and powerless swords. So the Thank year God was... we're getting into some swords that actually have power very soon in the GeekCast Radio Network. <laughs> <laughs> so the year was 1992. 
I was 12 years old and um, by this time in my young life I was already scarred by watching Nightmare on Elm Street Part 1. I I am so not a horror movie watcher at all. I just don't. Yeah. And you know, back then it wasn't it wasn't um unheard of for my grandmother or us, you know, my mom and I or my aunt and uncles to have premium cable packages, you know, HBO, Showtime, Cinemax, whatever. I and as I've stated in many other podcasts before, my mom pretty much let me watch anything. Hell, she forced me to watch Nightmare on Elm Street Part 1. Um, I turned on HBO, and I believe it was the desert scene in Stephen King's Sleepwalkers. And then shortly after that, there's another scene. I swear to God, that's what this... The, the, the whole cat scene in this episode reminds me of is that fucking movie. <laughs> it, it just does. It just... Ugh. Yeah, awful. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, are, are we done with these low uh, I mean, I don't think anyone else wants to hear me just rant on how bad this episode is. I will they should say, know if I they will watch say it's it. very entertaining. It's, <laughs> it's entertaining to find how many bad things are in it. <laughs> it's like a game, drinking game. Drink every time something stupid happens in this episode. You're drunk by the five-minute mark. After him! He's a spy! He saw the map! Get him! Stiletto on! Mask will be right back, and so will Venom. Now back to Mask. I guess it's time to retire. It's Mask. They're on to us. We have to put our plan into action now, or we've lost the whole show. couldn't let them get the drop on you. You're never going to guess what I saw in there. This? Huh? How did you get that? So what's with the map? I put it together the same way Mayhem did, off the backs of 20 paintings in the Louvre. What? Take a look. During World War II, the French resistance hid those paintings so that Hitler would not take them. During the German occupation of Paris, Hitler planted a network of bombs under the city in the sewers. He planned to blow up Paris if the Allies should try to march in. The bombs were to be triggered from a distance by this device, a shortwave radio trigger hidden in a sealed bunker. It's an ancestor of our own remote control. A member of the resistance learned of the locations of the bombs 
and wrote them down on the back of the hidden painting? Why'd he do that? It was probably the only thing they had available to make the notes on at the time. Short episode this week is we're only doing two reviews. Uh, final episode this week is uh, episode 34. What the hell is the name of this? Paris in Paris. Take, yeah, yeah. Peril in Paris. Take it away with the All right. So take, instead of Rome, switch to Paris. Instead of Bruce, put in Buddy. All right. We've set the stage. Um, the Louvre has been vandalized. The pictures and artwork is all backwards. Um, there's some type of venom involvement we see. Uh, their plan is somewhat revealed, but not really at the beginning. We'll have to get back to that. Um, Matt has told Buddy to watch uh, Scott and T-Bob, keep them away mm-hmm. um, from getting involved. Buddy spots Dagger while watching the kids, so he alerts Matt, and then he leaves the kids unsupervised to go, uh, you know, basically take care of that. He then goes undercover as Cliff Dagger. He finds the map that Venom is using, um, and it's not really 100% clear yet what they're using it for, but he finds that Venom, meanwhile, is playing poker while Buddy is infiltrating them undercover as Cliff. His cover is blown, though. Um, there's a gate coming down that's about to fall, and then we go to the cliffhanger commercial break. Uh, Buddy gets away, thanks to Matt, uh, and Venom puts their plan into action. Basically, we find out that there is a map that was created by the Resistance during World War II. Um, the back of the paintings reveal the map, and it's um, basically underground tunnels and this or that that's could be used by Venom to um, wreak some havoc. Buddy and Matt kind of go to investigate the map and what's all going down. They run into Venom. We have our showdown. Uh, Scott and T-Bob happen, as they're looking for the Eiffel Tower, I believe, um, happen across Switchblade. So they alert Matt to let them know that they have found Switchblade. Meanwhile, we find out that Venom is attempting to use the map to basically set all these different bombs, and they're going to blow up the city, and they are, you know asking for a ransom in order to not blow up Paris. That's the peril in Paris part. Mask foils their attempt by getting the trigger device, etc. Um, Venom retreats, and uh, Scott and T-Bob end up being in trouble, so Mask cannot pursue Venom. They have to let Venom go in order to save Scott and T-Bob. This episode features the four Venom agents and Matt and Buddy. So it's a four-on-two. This is the first time (laughs) in the history of the podcast and in the history of the television series that there's less than even teams or even less than three. Um, It's also the first time that there is no team assembly. That's because they're in the same location. Are they really going to no. jump on the jet? And... No, I mean, there's no... He never says, let's assemble the team. He never says... That's because he and Buddy are together, right? That's what I'm saying. But every other time, they've, uh, there's never been a two-person team where the first person is... Or the second right. person is already there. So they never talk to the computer. They never have the team assembled. There's no pre-selection. It is just Buddy and Matt, no computer involved. Yeah. And that's the first time and we've ever had an episode where he didn't call for the computer to assemble the team. Yeah. Um, 
Do you think that the plot needed more than just him and Buddy? No, I think it was cool that it was just the two of them. I think it was cool that it was just kind of like those two off. On, they do so many things where it's off on vacation and there's another member already there. So it yeah. seems like it would have made sense to do this more than this, where you just have the whoever's there try to take things on. You don't need to call for backup. It's not that drastic yet. You know, you just have the two people. It gives you more time to kind of concentrate on those guys and develop them a little. My only issue with the plot is that it takes a long time for us to figure out what Venom is actually trying to do. Um, it's it's a long time before we realize what the painting's involvement, what the map's involvement, what they're trying to do as far as you you know you know planting bombs and and holding the city ransom. Yeah, it takes a long time for that to be revealed. Not that that's terrible, because I guess it keeps you wondering. But I could see some people being confused as to like what is the point, you know, or what are they actually trying to do for the first half of this episode? Yeah, I you know what I really enjoyed this one um, because it was so much better than going after something that doesn't matter and you can't fucking use. <laughs> um, no, I I really enjoyed this one because I I think you know. We've said it before, and I'm sure we've said it in other podcasts. There's only there's only so many times you can use a a certain plot, whether it be oh hold a city ransom or oh hold, you know rob this place or rob that place. But to this point in the series of, of Mask, I I'm so sick of foreign stuff. Even though this is a foreign episode that they're in Paris, I don't care because it's anything but. Um, you know, going after a sword that has no fucking power. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, it's not like you know. The plot we've seen it before. It's not the plot isn't necessarily better than the previous episode. It's the execution here. For me, yeah. that's better. <laughs> yeah. So let's turn on the high beams. Uh, it's a complete opposite between these two uh, th- these two episodes for me. <laughs> I only have two high beams, and I have more low beams than high beams. Uh, for high beams, um, Dagger had it upside down <laughs> the map. It is so Dagger. Yep. <laughs> so fucking dumb. Uh, I like. Um, wait, is it? No, it's Buddy. I have Brad written down for some reason. Hmm. I don't know why. Um, I like Brad. I mean Dagger. I'm, I'm damn it, buddy. I like Buddy. I mean Dagger. I mean Buddy. Uh, I mean Dagger. I mean Buddy's high wire act. Um, I re- I really enjoyed like when he was found. I thought that was really really interesting because this guy is supposed to be a master of disguise, and he <laughs> disguises himself. As the one person that would most likely catch him, especially since it was set up so well where the real dagger left and, oh, I forgot the keys or, oh, I forgot, oh, hey, you, I'm here already. What, what I, I, I just, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, it was like, it was funny. It wasn't necessarily a, a showing of Buddy's great undercover work, um, but it was still cool to see him go undercover. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What do you got for him? Um, it was all about Buddy in this episode. I like that it focused on him. I like that he went undercover. I like that he was the only one involved, that there was no mask assembly. Um, I also liked his reaction at the beginning when Matt uh, Matt's like, you know, take these kids, blah, blah, blah. I don't want the kids to get involved. And Buddy's reaction is like, it's kind of 
poking fun at the whole series in a way because he's like, well, the only way that could happen is if you like lock him up or something like that. You know what I mean? Like he's saying like, no matter what we do, these stupid kids get involved in every freaking episode. So yeah. I thought it was cool that he reacted to having to babysit the kids. Like there's no point unless you lock them up. Um, so that was kind of cool. So yeah, it was a buddy centered thing centered episode. We really haven't seen that. So I liked that part of the episode. I don't have a lot of other stuff written down. That doesn't mean I didn't like the episode. Just there wasn't just like major stuff that like jumped out at me. Oh no! Well, there wasn't any damage except to your lab, Scott. Boy, if I hadn't had the fire department number right where I could find it, there sure would have been. So turning on the low beams, do you have a soapbox this time around? <laughs> no, I don't. Um, I th- just the beginning, uh, even though I liked Buddy's reaction to it, I didn't like that uh, Matt was like, oh, I don't want these kids mixed up in things. Like, what, you care now? You're very selective in when you care about this and when you don't. Um, and then just to pawn it off on Buddy, like, get these kids out of here. Just like, ah, yeah. Matt, you're a, you're a bad dad. Um, yes. If you were watching closely, you will see that when Buddy puts on the dagger disguise, that the uh, eye patch switches eyes and switches yep. sides about three or four different times. It does, yeah. Um, so there's some animation errors there. Uh, one of them is immediate, where it changes like between it, one scene and the other. As soon as he put the, puts the disguise on, it, when he puts the disguise on, it's not even that he's looking in the mirror anymore. It, it is backwards. Yeah, and then it switches immediately. Yeah. Um, you know, they kind of exposed Buddy as not being as good of an uh, undercover person as he's supposed to be. So I thought it kind of weakened his character in a way, but it was still cool that the episode focused on him. Um, I thought Scott finding Scott and T-Bob running into Switchblade under a tarp was a little too easy um, for the plot. Like, it's just... That was kind of silly. Um, Insert Matrix of Dumbassery here. Yeah. <laughs> and a little technical one there, but at the end, there's a joke made. And yeah. apparently Scott's the only one that finds it funny because he is the only one who on the audio is laughing. No, none of the other people sitting there that are looking like they're laughing, you can hear. You can only hear Scott laughing. Yeah. So that was kind of bad audio work at the end. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, T-Bob is the 80s version of a global positioning system. God, seriously. They're going, I mean... To this point, we've done pretty much almost everything that I can think of for them to do with T-Bob, but now they're making him into a GPS. Give me a fucking break. Um, uh, okay. In the bunker scene, the controller was just sitting on the table. Come on. Seriously? <laughs> oh, God. Um, wait, 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 wait. Mayhem gave Matt a direct fucking hit. Matt lands, Buddy gets in, and all of a sudden, Thunderhawk is fine. I call bullshit. (laughs) He hit, he knocked Thunderhawk out of the fucking sky. It was fucking smoking. It landed, Buddy got in, and it, it flew right back up with its regular, I call fucking bullshit. Oh, God. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god T-Bob worst GPS ever 
Yeah, not good on finding the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> or whatever he was looking for. Yeah. Um, fire department phone number. Have we seen the contact, you know, the contact numbers? PSA I don't think before? so. Oh, I, at this point, the PSAs for me, I, I mean, I know they're geared towards, you know, kids of, you know, when we were growing up and all that stuff. But, like, the PSAs to me now as a 32-year-old adult male just... <laughs> some of them are funny, some of them are alright, but just some of the safety ones, it's like they 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 repeat them so much. Yeah. And it's just like, what the fuck? I have another note on that in a second, but Okay. Um is that all you got for low beams for uh Yes sir. Alright, so we're going to uh I don't know if we're having any Bruce's words or anything like that, but we'll we'll go to some, some other stuff. words. Yeah. So, so, some other words. You'll you'll hear stuff in your ears, people. Yes, it'll be good. Yes. Charles Brady is new in town. You can actually talk to him? Yeah, he's nice. Real nice. The girls all like him. The teachers all respect him. Your teachers in Ohio must have been sorry to lose such a creative young man. The parents all trust him. He's utterly charming. But nobody really knows him. Like his mother. You cannot be in love with this girl, Charles. You don't know me, Tonya. But I want to. Behind their smile is a secret. Hi. Come in, Dad. I have something for you. I don't know who you are, but I know you're not who you say you are. Behind the secret is a hunger. Does it have to be her? <laughs> and behind it all is the imagination of Stephen King. Somebody help me, please! He killed one of my men. He was scared of a cat. Stephen King's Sleepwalkers. Stay tuned. Mask will return. You can now hear the KeyCast Radio Network while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher is a free use and talk mobile app available for your smartphone. And when you download Stitcher to hear KeyCast Radio, you'll have a chance to win money. Downloading is quick and easy. Just find Stitcher in the App Store. During registration, hit the promo code box and enter KeyCast Radio, all one word, to get automatically entered to win $100. The latest episodes of the shows will be waiting for you in your favorites. You'll get access to lots of other amazing shows, too. Always available to you on demand. No syncing. It's Stitcher Smart Radio. Don't forget to enter promo code KeyCast Radio when you register. Twenty twelve marks the thirtieth anniversary for Masters of the Universe. We here at the GCRN are celebrating with a brand new series of podcasts. The Powers of Grey Skull series will cover every episode of every MOTU cartoon. 
Yes, even that crappy new adventure stuff. Join Optimus Solo and TF2 and Mike as they tell tales of Eternia, discover the myths of Etheria, become masters in space, and finally masters of Grayskull. You can find the Pogs podcasts in iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Good journey! Like animation? Come listen to Animation Aficionados. And if you disagree with us, you could be a guest on a future show. Available on iTunes, the Zune Market, and AnimationAficionados.com. Soundwave, jam that transmission! Rumble frenzy, ravage rapid, inject operation interference. No, there will be no Operation Interference. I am TFG1 Mike, and you should be listening to my very first podcast, the TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. I also have a few supplemental episodes and an interview with Stan Bush. I bring in guest hosts who will be full-time co-hosts in Steve Megatron and fan of the show now co-host Pecan Court Michael. So check out the TFG1 podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Transform and roll out. Come on! I don't believe it! I've been converted into doggy bag mode! Hey Chuck! Hey, what's up, right? You know how we talked about doing a podcast? Well, I have some ideas run past you. Yeah, what do you got? I thought we should base it on comics. Well, there's thousands of podcasts about comics. You kind of want to narrow it down a bit. Well, what about Star Wars? Still, there's a ton of those out there. What else you got? We could always do G.I. Joe comics. There's still a ton of those out there. What about the 80s franchises? There's already a few of those as well. Then let's forget about comics. Let's focus on toys and action figures. Dude, then we're back to thousands of podcasts. Well, is anyone covering all those things I mentioned in one podcast? No one would be crazy enough to do that. Then that's what we'll do. Are you serious? Yep. Come and listen to Star Joe's podcast. You can find us at StarJoe's.com or find us on iTunes. Yeah, we cover comics, t- TV shows, and movies based on Star Wars, G.I. Joe, and all your 80s favorite franchises. And don't forget about the toys. Uh, how can we forget about the toys? We also do tour reviews to help you decide what to add to your collection. So come listen to Star Joe's, where we hold nothing back, provide quality entertainment, and remember, the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Yo, Joe! A persistent rat. Is this thing on? Oh, goody. Why, hello there. It's your dear old Uncle Joker here. I bet you're asking yourself, what could I be possibly doing here of all places? Well, I'm laughing at the fact that this new podcast presented by Geekcast Radio is called Legends of the Dark Knight. Who the heck knew the bat was so popular? Join Steve, Mike, and sometimes Tara for reviews on the greatest DC animated universe cartoon to ever meet Gotham City. So join moi for the talk of the town, or I'll send Captain Clown after you. He gets mighty angry when he doesn't get to have his garbage skull. So put on a nice big smile and join us for the next GeekCast Radio Network podcast, Legends of the Dark Knight. <laughs> Woo! <laughs>
Are you ready for more? Let's go. So before we get to our overall thoughts and the episode ratings, we're going to talk about the PSAs. PSA number one, as we mentioned earlier in the episode, leaves stuff in the garbage disposal. Um, thoughts on this? Okay, I understand if the PSA said, don't stick your hand in the garbage disposal. Yeah. I would understand if it said... You know, if you drop something in the garbage disposal, make sure you double check to make sure nobody's around. Or if it said, if you drop something in the garbage disposal, get an adult to get it out. But no, the PSA says, if you drop something in the garbage disposal, fucking leave it there. What, forever? You drop a perfectly good orange in the garbage disposal, you just have to leave it there? It's done? It's over? Leave it there. Don't tell anybody. Don't do anything. Just leave the shit in the garbage disposal. I think this is a misleading PSA, and I think it could do more damage than help. Do we really want a clogged garbage disposal? Do we want everything going down it and nothing touching it, nothing turning it on, nothing getting stuff out? I think that could lead to dangerous situations too, my friend. That is a badly written PSA. Yeah, it is. And PSA number two was, have the emergency numbers at hand. I just said it. It it feels like we've heard this before. And the thing is... To be an accurate PSA on this one, I'm calling bad PSA on both of these. Um, the problem with this PSA is it shows the fire being started. It yep. shows that outside of the house and the fire department or whatever coming, and they talk about it. And it and it might even have shown Scott picking up the phone and and calling. But it doesn't really ever show, like the emergency number is being posted somewhere yeah. or him checking this, you know, handy dandy guide to here's the fire department number or whatever. Mm. So it kind of misses the whole, like it, it doesn't show any emergency numbers being at hand for all we know. He somehow memorized them and just knew them. So it was just kind of a weird way that they showed it. They should have showed like that he had, you know, like when you're at school and you have like the fire and the tornado and the whatever posting somewhere by the door. Yeah, like usually had that like right there. I wanted them to like show the phone and be like, you know, fire, you know, police or whatever, and show that he was checking the number and calling it real quickly. Um, it just didn't show it accurate. It's not as bad as the let your garbage disposal get clogged. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I I think it was more. It w- wasn't the '80s. It was more so like '89 going into '90 90 and '91. I think around 88, 89, we might have switched over to a touchstone phone mm-hmm. in my house. Uh, and I could have sworn touchstone phones when they first come out that they had, you know, fire, ambulance, police buttons on them. I don't know. Maybe I'm not remembering this shit correctly. I know it was a, between 88 and 92. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't before then. Um, obviously, but I could have sworn, you know, some of the older touchstone phones had those, those buttons for those specific departments. But at the same time, you know, every, every kid in the eighties, you know, their, their, their parents had emergency numbers posted on the refrigerator, or, you know, somewhere. Seemed um, like it. Yeah. If that's what they were trying to say that you should do that, then they should have yeah. showed that somewhere. Yeah. And they so, did. Bad yeah. PSAs. Bad PSAs. All right. So, um. Um, 
thousand. Just want to mention real quick as Go we ahead. get into our ratings here that uh, you know for those of us that are watching these episodes along with us, maybe they're not watching them online or you know YouTube or anything like that. If you're watching them on the DVD set, you know this is the mark where we have had to change over from volume one to volume two. Yeah. Um, we are you know have just passed the halfway point uh, as far as episode numbers and. We're on the new volume box or sleeve or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting that this episode kind of marks the halfway point. Yep, it does. Uh, do we want to do final thoughts or ratings first? I, I, I forget how we did it last week. I don't know. We'll just say our final thoughts first. Uh, Caesar Sword. Uh, Caesar Sword is terrible. Uh, it's a terrible way to end the first volume of the DVD set. Um, it's quite possibly the worst episode of the entire series up to this point for me. Um, I'd have to double check and look back at all my other ratings, but uh, yeah. This is... would definitely be on my list of top five worst episodes of Mask. Uh, Season of Sword, I found it funny. Um, it's probably the first episode of the entire series that I legitimately laughed at T-Bob and Scott's shenanigans. Yeah. It wasn't an episode where they did something that got them into trouble or that got them into harm's way. You know, it, it wasn't one of those episodes where it's like, I forget what the episode was, but there was an episode where they had that cliffhanger thing where Scott could have just, Scott and T-Bob could have just, you know, stepped 10 feet to the right, you know, and they wouldn't have, you know, been hit by whatever was coming down. You know, it, it wasn't one of those things. So I liked it overall. Um what about uh, Peril in Paris? What you? Uh, well, I'm I'm trying not to let the horribleness of the first episode make me think <laughs> that the second episode is better than it is. Um, you know, because sometimes you see a terrible episode and then the next one you like overrank or you overrate just because it's not as bad as the first one. Yeah. Um, I did enjoy the second one somewhat, uh, well, a lot more than the first one. There wasn't really major plot issues. They executed it better. I loved that they focused on Buddy. Um, so it, it was a better episode by far than the first one for me. Yeah. Same here. Um, it was a breast of fresh air. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, all right. So what what do you rank, um, uh, Caesar's sword? You know, the, when they play family feud and, uh, you're playing like fast money and you need like, you need like five more points to yep. get the bonus round, and they yeah, yeah. check your survey answer, and it just goes, eh, and you get nothing. Yeah. All you needed was five points. Yeah, that's what this is. It's a zero. It's nothing. I can't rank this. Wow. Up. Okay. Is is this your first zero? That's why I want to go back and check. I don't know if I gave one other zero out or if I gave another one out. But yeah, this one, big, freaking fat zero. Maybe next week we'll. Um... We'll check our scores because I know I've given I think at least one zero before, but I, I know you have. I, I don't think you have ever given a zero. It, it's only we'll different. definitely do it when we recap the whole show. Yeah. Oh yeah. Statistics. Yeah. Um, but wow, it only took you thirty-three episodes. Holy shit! Halfway through <laughs> zero. <laughs> um, for me, again, it's not so much the plot that I liked, it was just the shenanigans. And, and and again, for me, that is saying something that I'm actually admitting that I like what the hell T-Bob and Scott are doing in an episode. That, that, that for me is fucking something people. Um, 
I'm going to give it a three out of five. It, you know, the plot sucks. So the plot gets two points knocked off of it, but <laughs> the rest of the comedy in it is, is fairly decent. Um, what about uh, Peril in Paris? What do you give that one? Like I said, I wanted to give it a higher, but I'm afraid that I'm just doing that because the first one was so awful. <laughs> I did like the buddy focus so and the difference that there was no mask assembly, etc. Um, so I wanted to rank it a four, but then I'm thinking the other one was so bad I should rank it a three. So I settled in the middle. I give it a three and a half. Thank God you're doing the math on this, because I have—I don't think I've ever given half points in the show so far. No, oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a four, because I thought it was such, again, a breast of fresh air. <laughs> um, Special. No, 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 seriously. I, I thought it was so, like, even though I love the comedy aspect in, in Caesar's Sword, just the overall plot was just fucking dumb. Um, and this one... It's mayhem going back to, you know, the the general, you know, businessman villain thing of, oh, I'm going to hold your city hostage, blah, blah, blah. So I did like that. I, I, I just found myself laughing through this episode. So yeah, four out of five for that one for me. Cool. Yeah. Thank you for... Ah, crap, I gotta do that again. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being a part of Mass Mayhem today. If you'd like to get in contact with us to leave feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can comment on each and every post. Send email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do this. Follow us on Twitter. The show name there is, uh, well, follow the, the main Twitter, at geekcastradio. Mine is TFG and Mike. What is your Twitter? Optimus Solo. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcast or radio network. Call the voicemail line. Tell us the show you're leaving this for and your name, nickname, whatever. Uh, 502-526-5821. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Mass Mayhem. And don't forget to join us in the next crusade when we will be discussing episodes 35, 36, and 37, which are in Dutch. Oh, God. The Lippy Zaner mystery and the sacred rock god not another fucking rock that's sacred jesus fucking christ um for now i'm tf2 and mike with optimus solo i don't know how to react to that (laughs) what what i don't know how to react to that entire you just went on (laughs) oh god and remember podcasting is the ultimate weapon illusion is the ultimate weapon 